Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Tech That Doesn't Bite, the Bitecast. Please contain your enthusiasm. We're all uh, here for a while. (laughs) My name is Jeff Worden, and with me is my co-host, Simon C. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this new episode. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing okay. Doing all right. Got a lot of personal stuff going on, but who doesn't in the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But beyond that, it's it's going good. Not too many complaints here, but there's a lot of tech news to certainly get on about. So you want to start off or shall I? Uh, I'll let you start off with your first topic, my friend. All right. You got it. You got it. All right. Well, the big one out of CNET.com I was actually rather intrigued by was that YouTube says it has removed some 500,000. COVID-19 misinformation videos. Now I was kind of floored by that number. I was kind of curious as to what sort of uh, parameter that it used. But uh, the, the short answer is that since Google uh, actually, since it's a Google-owned service, that it prohibits false content about COVID-19. Mm-hmm. But it should be noted that this policy about, uh, about false information, if you will, was only enacted this past October. And given that the pandemic started roughly near the about March of 2019 um, or 2020, excuse me, uh, obviously we've had like nearly a year of constant misinformation about what the disease does, how to treat it, what to do about it, how contagious it is, and all that other good stuff. And you could potentially get away with all of it. So there's a lot of damage that's been done here, uh, you know, especially what kind of, I think, prompted part of this is that with the watch time of all these videos, be it you know COVID or just anything in general on YouTube, mm-hmm. went up by about 25% during the first quarter of 2020, uh, since people were sheltering in place. Um, obviously, the spread of, mis- of misinformation became much more viral in an effort to uh, uh, you know to get the information out there. Yeah. Now, a lot of people, I, at least at least my takeaway from this, as I've seen a lot of people discuss this was about free speech stuff. You know, we can go on about what is free speech and what isn't and so forth. We can give our opinions about that. Um, the free speech aspect, at least for me, tends to be more about what can be said about the government. You can speak freely against the government without any kind of negative consequences for the most part. You take action against the government, that's a whole other matter. We won't even get into that part of it. But the understanding is that if you're going to say something especially on a, on a forum board or even on YouTube or even any kind of uh, uh, structure or discussion forum area, uh, there are going to be consequences to what is said, um, especially on, I can, you can even go on about like Twitter as well or even Instagram or whatever. Right. Um, but the idea here is at least I, I tend to believe, and I think this is right, is that if you are going to post into a forum of any kind, and you're going to type something in, post it up there, there are rules that are in place that need to be followed. It's not just a big free-for-all where you can say whatever you want or even do whatever you want. 
Um, so the idea being is that when you post to a board, you are abiding by whatever their um, whatever their rules are. Yeah. You, know, you can't say anything, you know, say anything homophobic. Terms example, and agreements. Terms and agreements, terms and services, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, uh, to point which, you know, if, if uh, so basically if, if Google YouTube updated their terms of service regarding misinformation about COVID, you have to abide by that. Uh, if you don't, obviously you're going to get banned or blocked or removed or whatever, which makes sense. It's their forum mm -hmm. that they're setting the rules for, and they could change it any way they want because it's their forum. So it's interesting that they actually have now stepped up to to do this. I would imagine there's probably a lot of backlash, at least from the free speech side of things here. So I'm like, well, yeah, but let's uh, go with what the science says, I would say. I mean, for me, but, it's, it's it, YouTube's platform. They can do whatever the hell they want. Right, and, exactly. You know, if you don't like it, then don't use it. Don't use it. Yep. And it's just, it's 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 one of those things like, hey, play, you got to play by the rules. And this yep. applies not just to, you know, the misinformation of, you know, the, the disease, the virus. You know, this right. applies to every single video content creator out there, even ours. Agree. Yeah. Completely agree. I completely even agree. Even ours. I mean, it's, it's, you've seen where... YouTube has done a lot of damage to legit content creators by demonetizing right. them, which they shouldn't be because there are some that's just legitimate. And for some reason, they're whatever their algorithms, you know, always might have mistakenly demonetized them or, you know, think that, you know, their video is not appropriate. But then you see like videos that are really not appropriate and they still be able to keep making money. So it's, it's right. It's one of the things that I think YouTube itself needs to work better on a fix because yeah, because yeah. It's, it's pissing off a lot of legit content creators that are not. Just to say the least. Yeah. And this is going back to this story right here. Yeah, you got to remove. I, I, I have no problem. They're removing misinformation videos. Right, no. but if but then you're the again, content it, creator of one of these videos, you'd be pretty upset about it thinking it's a restriction of your free speech. Yeah. I'm not saying it, it's right. Don't get me wrong, but. I would tend to follow the science because the science will usually win pretty much every time. It's like, hey, you know, these are the facts. No, no, not the alternative facts, the actual facts. You know, it's the science that's working in it. Yeah. But it, so, it yeah. you know, it's 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 their rules. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's their rules. And if you want to keep making those type of videos, you know, you're more than welcome to, just not on YouTube. Yeah, simple as that. Plenty, plenty of other forums, you know, to to post it somewhere. But the question is. You know, are they abiding by the same rules of uh, you know of truth and facts and scientific information or whatever? Um, got you know, got to read each, some level. Of... Got to each eat read uh, each website's terms of agreements. You know? Exactly. You got to read it. Exactly. So I mean, I mean, it's in my opinion, long overdue. Yeah. Five hundred thousand videos. I'm <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you know, it's long overdue, and yeah. I, I think, I think, uh, you know, I, you know, it's long overdue. Should have been done months ago oh yeah it should have been done months ago I'm like i wouldn't have an issue if it's posting opinion that's different but it needs to be understood that if you're simply you need probably would need to say something all right in my opinion this 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 and this that's fine but you know but then then, then you could get into possible free speech issues that way because you are providing an opinion but i think it needs to be stated as such that you're providing an opinion that you know i'm not a doctor or a scientist but i feel in my gut that you know whatever and there you go 
So yeah, it, it's it's interesting. So I, I I applaud YouTube, you know, slash Google for taking this step, and hopefully it'll help bring a more more truth and facts out to everybody and educate people better. That's that's what I'm kind of hoping will will happen this way. But stop punishing your legit content creators, all right? Exactly. <laughs> you need yeah. to stop. And there's that, that too. And yeah. there's that too. That that's kind of a quasi separate issue. Yeah. But yeah, that's that, that's that's that needs to get worked out real bad. I, I'm with you on yeah. that one. I'm really, it needs to one. get worked out. I mean, I, I've seen legit content creator. I, I watch their videos, and uh-huh. it's just this person just doing a cover songs of this particular, you know, anime song, and this person can't get you know monetize it. <laughs> yeah, because it's saying that it's it's not transformative or it's just reusing clips. Like, no, this is literally just a cover. It's their own voice, so it just it baffles yeah. me that it it's uh, it's it's a lot of problems with them. And fix it, YouTube, Google. Yeah, <laughs> fix it. Damn it, man, get on it. There you go. It, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. All right, what's next on our plate there, Simon? Well, speaking of Google, I'm going to let you continue. This is your story. Google Tweets. Okay, I'll, I will keep going. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> man. I was kind of blown away by this one a little bit. Apparently, Google has chosen to come out with something, uh, sort of like an alternative to third-party cookies. Now, for those of you who have dealt with cookies, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> come to the dark side. We have better cookies. No, yeah. it, it's... I mean, it's, like... Google offering some sort of third party cookie is like, this is Google we're talking about. <laughs> right, you know? right. Yeah. It's like, hmm. it's like, should you take candies from a stranger? <laughs> you know, kind of, kind of a situation. Yeah. Please don't mind the free candy that's painted on the side of this guy's van, yeah. right? No, but it, it's like, okay, so cookies for, for those who are not that savvy about it are basically just bits of information about you, the user, as you go through different websites, mm-hmm. which, you know, pick up information about you what you're using, yeah. what your likes and dislikes are based on where you're visiting you know, and so forth. It could potentially be what's your favorite type of cookie as well. Right. Uh, you, That's right. If you're shopping for cookies. <laughs> if you're yeah. shopping for cookies. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that information can be basically bought and sold um, as, as basically as a marketing data, mm-hmm. uh, which then comes back to your browser to kind of market to you. Hey, you like cookies. Maybe you want to try the dark chocolate chip one. You want to try the regular one. Maybe you want to try Chips Ahoy or whatever. You know, that that sort of thinking and whatnot. And um, apparently Google has now come up with their own method of cookies, if you will. Um, I've been having a hard time trying exactly to figure this out. My understanding is, that, let, me, let me make sure I get this right. It's usually it's referred to as interest-based advertising, which means that groups of people with common interests could replace individual identifiers. So instead of the cookie identifying you, not so much mm-hmm. by name, but you as an individual that likes cookies or likes uh, uh, Oreos or likes whatever, this actually makes you a little more anonymous and groups you together with other people who like cookies. So and I. <laughs> Apparently, the, it, it's so goofy. It, in, in marketing parlance, it's actually referred to as segmentation because it, it's because of the grouping effect of this sort of thing. Mm. The concept is actually referred to as FLOC, F-L-O-C, which stands for, and, and wait for it, Federated Learning of Cohorts. Yes, that's what it stands for. I have no idea how that name came about. That's a good marketing name. <laughs> right, I, I it definitely stands out on its own if you really kind of kind of think about it. But I guess the wild hey, part mar- about marketing this, person, if you want to work for us, we, we need we need better names for our. Yeah, show. we yeah, I need to come up with something better than flock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god, 
Well, apparently this, this, this flock method of marketing is actually 95% as effective as regular third-party cookies, which I was, I was kind of blown away by. But the impression I got from it as I read, the, read this article about it is that it's strictly for Google Chrome. And yeah. it, it yeah. see, and it, well, well, that's what, that's the way well, they're, they're, they're marketing. I mean, that it's makes weird. sense. I mean, you know, right. they want, you know, if, the, if it's purposely made for Google Chrome or it's targeted for Google Chrome because they want people to install Google Chrome. Right. Well, it's not even so much as that, but they also want people to use their Google services as well, which invariably you pay for that kind of thing. And, but here, here's well, the that's trick. That's how about, they okay. make their money. Right. Yeah, well, see, they, makes they, their money, I think. They're right. They're marketing as targeting you know market targeting with privacy enabled it's because they, because apparently you become more anonymous because you're being grouped you're not you know you're just given like an anonymous identifier that is correlated with your interest and then you are correlated slash grouped with other people with your correlated interests as i as i kind of understood this mm -hmm. and thus providing the privacy for the user now you know, and, and there are people who are up against this sort of thing. My, my first thought about this was, well, if, if, if you're actually that anonymous, why am I logged into Chrome? And, and if I do any surfing or go to websites like to YouTube, for example, or for, um, for Zoom or wherever else I, I might be going mm -hmm. with my browser, why am I logged into it? Not that you can't just you, not that you can't use Chrome without signing in. At least I, I think you can, right? I don't even know. I haven't, I haven't done it so signing long. Signing into what? Know. Uh, Chrome. Yeah, you could sign into Chrome with your Google account because then right. You, but 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 can you sign? Can you not sign into it and still use it? Yeah, you can. You still can. Okay, I wanted to be sure about that. So you can actually you can surf anonymously for now at least. But the, <laughs> for, for right, now, yeah, at least. I don't know. For now, right? Exactly. God. Um, but see, the idea here is, I guess, according to some dissenters about this whole thing, is that since Google is only is doing this only for Chrome, like I mentioned, and it's Google services tech, it supposedly will degrade the values or the economic viability of the open web, the the, the regular cookies, but increases Google's value, and you know, which is pretty much what I was just kind of mentioning before. Hey, you know, we've got all this authenticated user data here. We would love to sell to you and all this other stuff. Just come on in and buy Google services and so forth. Don't worry about the tracking cookies. Our stuff is just as good, which is true, you know, but come on in. We'll help you out with that. Our cookies are delicious, much better than the stuff you get out of the open web, which I was kind of intrigued by that. I'm like, wow. Yeah. So you, you gain less privacy because you have this authenticated data that you're oh giving to gosh. Google and they're marketing it and selling it to, to third-party marketers and whatnot. Um, you know, and, and one other interesting thing about this, which I was, I was kind of intrigued by that, despite the fact that Google say that there's greater privacy because of the anonymous identifiers that you are assigned, mm -hmm. is that um, Google has had the largest fines levied against them for breaches of privacy. Not so, surprising there. Right. So, you know what? You're kind of flipping a coin on how you want to look at that. Um, and, of course, the, the last item I, I want to bring about this is that uh, tracking cookies have already been disallowed by Firefox, by Safari, by Microsoft Edge. Mm -hmm. So, arguably, Chrome is just playing catch-up. It isn't really being all that visionary. Or... It, one other thought that, that occurred to me about this, they know that disallowing third-party cookies is bad, so they waited till the last moment till they had their own technology to track you, and they go, oh, sure, yeah, yeah, we, we're, we're going to do this differently than that. Now you can go ahead and block your third-party cookies and whatnot. I mean, 
You know what? Look, we ought to we ought to get QAnon under this one. See what they come up with. I bet no. they'll come up with something real good. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Let's not do that. No, let's no, not no. do that. But let's I, not do that. You know, you know, they're you no know, Google's own kind of, you know, tracking kind of prevention. It's really well hidden in their Google Chrome browser. Right. Really, right. really well hidden, as opposed to you know the other browsers that are out there. You know, yeah. You know, they're they're not. They're better at letting you choose the amount of tracking that you want okay yeah right right you could just serve the third-party cookies where say oh it might you know decrease your performance on open web you know websites I'm like okay if i log in it's going to remember for me for the session that i'm going to i'm going to log out close out the browser clears everything out and i'll just have to log in again i mean big freaking deal you know yeah. it's more secure to actually keep you know to, to keep logging in anyway so yeah, yeah i agree i agree and it's just um yeah it's just I don't know. I I I don't. You know, I, I, it's it's. Per- go ahead, go ahead. It's a red flag right there. You know, I'm just, it's a red flag. I mean, it it is, it is kind of a red flag. I mean, if you're a big privacy buff, and I I tend to be one myself. I'm not like rabid about my privacy, but if something flags it, and this this definitely you know goes in the flagging part of it, only because it deals with cookies, which we've dealt with ever since browsers came out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so be, so we're all used to being tracked about our likes and dislikes or whatever it is. And people joke nowadays on Facebook or any other social media that you get advertisements that seem to cater to what you're looking for. So much so it's like you 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 kind of talk about something and whatnot, and suddenly it pops up in, in, in your you know, your advertisement section. I'm like, look, I wasn't even browsing for this stuff. You know, how the hell are they, are they listening in? You know, so you're like, oh, Yes, my God, they no, are but Right. Yeah. Good night, NSA agent. Good night, Jeff. You know, but, um, you know, so yeah, the, I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily see anything different here with what Google's doing. They're just targeting it for themselves and making more money and yeah. working on their world domination of the web. But, uh, you know, and I suppose there's something to be said for that. But the real question is, I guess, when all said and done, are they truly using their powers for good and will they continue to do so? And I don't know if that is still one of their core values, as I recall, like way back when, when Google started that one of their core values was never use, uh, never use their powers for evil. So I'm kind of curious, right? I, I, <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know. It, I didn't think that was their core value. <laughs> uh, well, no, I, well, I think it I is, but, but they, they may have changed that. They may have removed it because, you know, business is, is arguably evil, but whatever. <laughs> Is profit evil? No, not necessarily. Not this country. I don't know. It, it's it's um it, it's it's how you look at it. It really is how you look at it. But being a bit of a privacy buff, it, there's concern to it. But to me, they're not necessarily gathering any different data than if I were out surfing on the web and going to different places. But yeah, you know what? When I close out my Firefox, all the cookies go, all the all the cash goes, all that disappears. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google. So they say. So they say, <laughs> yeah, I have to take a leap of faith with that. So it's, it's, um, you know, but, but if they are gathering data on me, you know, the, at least the cookies get removed from my computer so they can't pick it up again, but does it get sent out before I close my browser? I don't know. I really don't know the, the ins and outs in, in that particular aspect, but yeah, I, ha- I get the impression that, that Chrome is a little less private, which is why I don't use it as often. I know some, some browsers insist on it, like our sound stuff insists mm-hmm. on it. I'll deal with it, you know? If they want to send me sound software, sure, I'm a voice actor. Why not? Wouldn't I, why wouldn't I be interested in that? You know, that, that it makes sense to me. But 
I don't have to care. You know, I was like, yeah, sure. Looks great. Whatever. I'll move on. Yeah. I I mean, it's, it is what it is with Google. So it's, it's yeah. always a kind of tread carefully with them. If you're going right. to, if you're, if, when we use their services. So I agree. I agree. I agree with that. I do agree with that. So let's move on to our next topic. And what you got, Simon? This is a different segue. I couldn't really segue from Google. To, That's okay. To, <laughs> I was like, uh, trying to think of a good segue, but I just can't do it. So That's nah, all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, if you are on a Verizon plan, Verizon Ooh, I'm one. prepay plan. Uh, no, it's not me. Okay. Yeah, you're 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 the elites. Uh, yes, I am. Yeah, you're part of the elite group, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so Verizon launches their seventy-five dollar. Oh my gosh, millimeter wave five G plan for prepaid customers. Yeah. Now, I'm gonna try to explain what millimeter wave is and how that affects your five G experience. So. Yeah, I I actually tried to fake that. I actually knew what that was, but I have no clue. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, no clue. yeah okay. let, let me know what that is. Yeah. I know you have no clue. Yeah, you are know. still running because you're still using USB 2.0. So, oh, you're gonna go there now. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, I see how you are. You know what, buddy? You know. You know what? You're, you know you're, what? You know what? USB 2.0, Jeff. All right. <laughs> oh, you know what? Don't don't make me come over there, buddy. Don't make me come over there. So, there's two types of spectrum for 5G. There is a sub six gigahertz. And that is anything that's before the six gigahertz line. Line. And the majority of our carriers, like Verizon, T-Mobile, and I believe AT&T, they, they, they've pretty much launched that, and that's 5G. Right. Now, that's supposed to give you a little bit, a faster speed of LTE, faster than LTE. But a lot of speed tests recently has noticed that they either, it could be fast, faster than what you get when you're on LTE, or it could be about the same speed. Okay. So it really depends on the area you live in. Now, MM wave or millimeter wave, it's the higher spectrum band. So it's usually about oh. like the 28 gigahertz or something like that. It depends which carrier have own certain spectrums. And wow. that can go up to, I think about like five gigabits. Dang. Yeah. And Wow. But the problem with that is that they're, the distance for millimeter wave to travel is very short. Oh, like okay. Extremely yeah, yeah. short. So, you know, they could be... You know, put somewhere like on top of a building, and if you walk, you know, maybe like a few inches from it, it's gone. Now you don't get squat. You know, you go back oh, to wow. to that sub six gigahertz five G or possibly even uh, LTE, regular four G LTE, depending how they set it up. Because there's like there's like five G, um, SA, which is standalone, and NA non NSA is non standalone that uses both 5G and 4G technology combined. Right. So, yeah, don't ask me why I'm reading up on this because it's interesting to me. So, and I don't even know if I'm- Nerd! Ex- I don't even know no, if I'm I, explaining no, we're, it We're right, tech but, nerds here. Yeah, of course it's interesting. So, I, I get it. <laughs> I hope I'm explaining it right, but I don't know if I am. But if if I'm not, please, you know, feel free to contact us and, you know, right. come on well, the show well, and explain to us. <laughs> well, well, let, let me make sure I understand yeah. this. So, okay, so you got your 4 and 5, 5G networking, mm-hmm. and obviously that that's great, that 5G being pretty much the, the newer band that's coming out now uh, or, or is working on, on rolling out. And the this this uh, the, the, what, and what did you say was called? The, the, I don't want to say microwave. That's not Millimeter right. wave. Millimeter wave. Thank yeah. you. 
So the millimeter wave, as fast as it is, has a really short range. But, I mean, does it say how short that actually is? It doesn't say, but from what I've seen testing is it's, like, it's pretty short. I mean, you could just, huh. you could walk, like, only a few inches away from it and you don't get, you know, it reverts back to, you know, it follows back to maybe 4GLT or something like that. So it, it, well, the, the distance can't be traveled that long. So well, it almost sounds like it would need like an increase of power or amplitude in order to actually pull that off. I mean, but my oh, the, what I'm install a bunch of millimeter wave. Well, right, yeah, like around. yeah, like every so, five feet or something yeah. insane like that from the sound of it. So that that's that's why our the five G you see on your phone right now is not necessarily a millimeter wave. It's probably the sub six gigahertz, which mm. that one travels longer in distance, but right, speeds well, might not be so. fast. So okay. It's, it's always a kind of a compromise. And interesting. So going back to the story. So Verizon on the prepaid customer side, they're launching their $75 millimeter 5G plan. So right now their their prepaid plans, they all have 5G enabled. But if you want that millimeter millimeter wave connection, then that's their highest tier, which is their $75. Huh. They call it, they call it ultra wideband, you know, it's marketing <laughs> gimmick. So, well, yeah, it's obviously wide. It's real, it's wide, but not very long, if you yeah. will. So yeah, the guy, there's all so sorts of jokes. You see that. this legend right here on the maximum <laughs> website, you know, there's 5G ultra wide, ultra wideband, and then 5G uh -huh. nationwide. I believe 5G nationwide is their, their sub six gigahertz 5G. Okay. And then their 5G Ultra Wideband is that. The one that everyone wants. <laughs> the okay. One, the one that everyone wants. So Right, right. And then we also we still have 4G LTE and even 3G, which I think eventually will get shut down since we could use a spectrum to kind of do other things. I, I think the 3G is going away fairly soon. Yeah, you should know. You you probably got emails about it from Verizon that hey, we're gonna shut down the CDMA network pretty soon. Well, no, I I haven't gotten anything about that, but I know people who you actually still use flip phones that are actually having that. Oh issue. yeah, they have so, to. They, yeah. they have to use. They have exactly. to. They have to have a phone that's at least 4G enabled. <laughs> right, right. So, so yeah, I, I I've been working with this woman to see if we can get her a smartphone, and she's sort of like. Uh, not wanting to do it, which I get because she, it, I mean, the flip phone does exactly what it needs to do. It allows her to call people. So it's, it's all she wanted to do. And um, there are still flip phones out there. Well, no, no, no. And, and she still has one, but I think unfortunately it, it's not new enough yeah. that it then, can handle yeah, that. It can go up to 4G. Maybe upgrade so. to a newer flip phone. Yeah, she, well, she is looking to go over to like the consumer cellular in order to get like a new phone with a with a price plan. Yeah, that they works they have one of those. Sort of they have one of those. I, I've seen them before. Yeah. yeah, but back to this, you know, it, it kind of sucks because you would think these carriers would just just put it in their their pricing, not like charge you extra. It was like, oh, you want to use a faster. You know, five G. Okay, we'll charge you fifteen dollars more or ten dollars. Well, more. no, it's, well, it's, no, but but that's kind of the thing. thing, though, is that that's part of the competition of business to, uh, to to sway people well, into. That's not really competing because it's not really competing because if you look at T Mobile, they don't charge you extra, and they have millimeter wave too. We just you just don't know where there is right now. But how much how much does it cost to have it though? At T Mobile, yeah, for prepay or postpay. Well, I'll say prepaid because, uh, to, to kind of match up with what Verizon's doing. 
Well, prepay well, for T-Mobile, they give 5G to everyone. It doesn't matter if it's millimeter wave or, or uh, sub six gigahertz. Oh, so, so their fee covers them all. Their fee covers them all. So it depends how oh. much you want to pay. So, you know, I think they're a limited plan. I think it's about like 70 bucks or even less. Okay, so or it's, probably even it's somewhat comparable to what Verizon's yeah. offering. Okay. Somewhat all comparable. Right, right. And, and I'm going to say right now that the cheapest prepay plan, you know, with T-Mobile is $15. Okay. But you know you get two gigs of data. Egads. Yeah, but that's, that's just not enough for all the cat videos I watch. Yeah. But this right here, you know, Verizon's the, the prepay unlimited plan is seventy five dollars if you want that millimeter wave one. But it's unlimited. Huh. You know, but it's it's just like even T Mobile's mm. unlimited has, you know, has that already like oh, it's already there. You know, it's five G. Five G is for everyone regardless sub six gigahertz or a millimeter wave. Yeah, well, and no, AT and T does the exact same thing too on their prepaid plan. You know, you huh. want you want five G connection? I don't even know they they have ultra wideband or millimeter wave. I think they right. are, but they just, they haven't really said it much. You want that? It's it's I think it's yeah. 70, 70 bucks. Okay, or probably. So but then with auto pay, it's like a little five dollar discount or something like that. Right, right. Well, it it sounds like it's all more or less price competitive, despite it, for at least what you're describing. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Verizon is is allowing to to an additional tier, if you will, for for the uh, the millimeter wave. But um, you know, I I I would imagine at least my understanding of how businesses usually work, they come up with these price tiers, these price plans, and they test market the hell out of them. And as a result, they come up with these ideas that should work. So, or it somehow is profitable. But with the understanding that if it doesn't seem to be going in the direction that it, they wanted to, or the numbers aren't, aren't clearing the way they want, they'll adjust, they'll adjust it after, say, six months or whatever mm. to something arguably comparable to what, to say, AT&T and T-Mobile are providing uh, with their price plan. But here, here's what I think. It's it's right now, they're, they're still by far the 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 best carrier in terms of coverage, right? You know, I wouldn't say speed, coverage, right? Coverage, right? right. Co- <laughs> yeah. Well, and 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 they're they're probably using that to their advantage that if you yeah, want to pay that's extra for, for all that coverage, that's they why. Have, and you got to pay, you got to pay, like and they could do that, and they could do that. They're not looking at their competitors as much as they should. Well, and be- maybe maybe and maybe not. Maybe maybe, maybe they not. are, maybe- but I, I feel like this just shows you like, eh, you know, just like. I don't know if any prepaid customers will pay seventy five dollars for unlimited plan. I just don't. I honestly don't Who because knows? there are so many prepaid options out there. Right. And I just don't see them paying more than fifty, maybe sixty at most for a wireless I, plan. I just like no, no, seventy five is just ridiculous. Well, no, and you have a really good point. But if the other prepaid plans are around the seventy dollars range or so, they apparently my my guess would be is that they've done enough test marketing to see that there is that's probably the elastic breaking point that they can't that to go higher might be like yeah you know what I'm not going to pay that much versus yeah it's just a little much but I'll pay it it's in that that gray area. Prices, you know, tend to be very elastic, elastic depending on what the service is. Um, I mean, as an example, uh, gas prices. I mean, you can talk about the gas prices. You know, you, you go out and you pay three dollars and fifty cents a gallon for gas. 
you know, in this town. You go uh, uh, to somewhere south of here, you might pay another 25 cents a gallon. You go somewhere up a little further north of here, it might be 25 cents cheaper or even less. But there is an elasticity with prices because if, if prices were not that elastic, they said, oh, yeah, we need to increase the gas prices, uh, people would automatically go, like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take the train. Screw this. I'm not doing it. You know, and, and for a while, people do that. But then they say, well, yeah, I need to take my car. I need to do this. And they go and they start taking their car or they permanently stay on the train, whatever it might be. You remember, you may remember some while back, they actually increased, you know, the, the state increased the prices that it, did, that it took per, uh, per gallon of gas. It was something like from 18 to 36, I think. So they practically doubled it. A lot of people stopped driving, but I would put money down that over time, a lot of them came back. And yeah. therefore, California still started making uh, their money on the taxes they pay for the gas. So what I'm looking at, sorry to interrupt you. That's all right. No, no, you're up. So, that was done. So the unlimited plan, at least on T-Mobile side. Right. Start at 50 bucks. Ah, okay. So it starts at fifty. Starts at you can 50. tear up to seventy-five. So no, you, you can, can tear, tear up, up to, to seventy-five. Oh, okay, okay. Then this is the prepay side of things. Right, right, yeah. right. So, so that's what you're looking at. So then, then, then you got to think to yourself, okay, how important is coverage? Right. Yeah. So that that's really where where it's going to lie at at this point. It's like, okay, if the prices are cheaper or or roughly in the same range that you could afford, what are you looking for? Coverage. You need to be able to go anywhere you want, be able to to get get the coverage. Verizon arguably would be the way to go. If you are in the rural areas, yeah, Verizon might be the way to go. If you live in the city like we do, it probably doesn't matter, really, the scheme of it. You know, you can go. No, with if you live in the city, then speeds will be more of an issue. That that's a good point. So, and, you know, speed, bandwidth, a whole slew of other issues that go with it too. Absolutely, yeah. There's a lot of factors that go with that. And Simon, I know you test a lot of these things, so you have a, still a better testing. understanding. <laughs> still and testing. you're still testing, yeah, I'm still testing. But you have a better understanding mm -hmm. of what of who's faster than who. When it comes to the, the carriers, so well, you got a really good understanding of that, or at least as a, a of right now, if overview. It, there's a website called Open Signal that does Open Signal. more testing, that does better testing than we do. Okay, <laughs> you know? okay, because they have like buttloads of phones to test with, whereas I only have one or two at most. Right, <laughs> and by God, as soon as we get more coffee money, we could get more. I know exactly. <laughs> so please contribute to us. So okay, in our area, on. the Southern California, Los Angeles uh, right. area, the fastest carrier in terms of speed is actually not Verizon. Oh, uh, no way. Yeah. It's actually AT&T. Oh, hey, there you go. Yeah. Nice. And nice. I, just my experience with, you know, an MVNO that uses the AT&T towers, it is faster than what I had before, cool. which is T-Mobile. Very cool. And even Verizon as well. It's much faster. Nice. So that's been my experience. Everyone has different experience. So true. True. I, I think it's look at the end of the day, it all comes down as a prepaid customer. The good thing about prepay is you're not stuck with them. You can just leave whenever the hell you want. That is true. You no. Know? And that's perfectly good. And, and if you want to leave, you can always leave, go to a different carrier. You can even downgrade your plan as mm -hmm. well. And, that's the best part. You know, when you're prepaid, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't have to worry about, oh, let me call, cancel. Oh, do I have like, you know, bill credits for this damn phone that I'm still paying off? And this other oh, that. Yeah. It's like, maybe you do. Maybe some prepaid customer might have financed their phones with the prepaid carriers, but oh, yeah, most no, of them, crazy. a lot of them don't. A lot of them just bought their phone out, right? Yeah. So they give this flexibility to move wherever the hell you want. Which right. Like. Yeah. 
Yeah, the thing with with say like Verizon, since I'm with them, is that they do offer. Uh, I want to say like a realm of free upgrades, or if you want to upgrade to a to a to a better phone free. for a small price. <laughs> well, free free in the real. Well, the phone itself is free. You probably still have to pay the you still have to pay the taxes on it, the sales tax and all yeah. that, and that's fine. But if I want to upgrade the phone that I've got, they will have free options for me to get a, a phone without increasing the price of my plan. But if there's a phone I've had my eye on or something like that, I'm like, ooh, that's a really nice one. Oh, yeah, that's another, you know, $100. Or that's another 200 bucks if you want that phone. As opposed to paying for the phone itself, which be, you know, could be anywhere between five to $700 or whatever, depending on but, the phone. But, you too, but everyone needs to kind of remember now that financing a phone does not necessarily have to go through your carrier now. You could finance your phone through the manufacturer itself through apple to samsung even motorola or whatever other phones that are out there you know right yeah lg is another one yeah especially the the big the big phone the big phone manufacturers you could get it through them you know without having going through carriers because right you know if your carrier has good deals perfect but Sometimes yeah. they don't have good deals. Sometimes they like, hey, trade in your phone, and then we'll give you this phone with this this much off. But then you have to open a new line. It's like, it's like how many goddamn lines I have to open again? <laughs> yeah, right. It's I, just me. I've already got twelve open lines. <laughs> I, I don't need a thirteenth one. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. I'm done. Every God. year, I need to open a new line just to get this phone. No, I don't. Right. I, it's just ridiculous, <laughs> you know. Like I'm supporting all my friends and their family too. That's stupid. Yeah. It, Fr- friends and family plan? No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. No, yeah, it doesn't no, work like that. It. I'm not going to open a new line just so I can get this new phone. And no. then you got to keep those bill credits open. Like they bill, they give you the the credits to the phone to that line. Right. So you got to keep that line open. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, here comes the next phone I want to upgrade next year. Like, oh, look, I got to open another damn line or something. Yeah, right. You know, right. it's, it's, Stop! All right, <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't. I don't love my friends that much, and I love my family less. Stop that, please. I don't need all those. Lines. I know. So that's yeah. why. I, I, that's why I recommend now. Like, if you could get it through the actual phone company itself, get it from there. Nice. Just get all it right. From there, yeah. That's yeah, how I'm doing it with my iPhone 12. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, because I, 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 I've been with Verizon like for as long as I can remember through my wife and whatnot. So we always have been sticking with them and whatever phones they got, usually they got a pretty good one. I'll go with it if it upgrade, if I have to, if I need, need to, or want to, Yeah, I could do so. I, I, mean, I think it, it works for me, but for others to be like, yeah, you know what? Let me screw it. I'm just going to get my own phone and bring it with me wherever yeah. I go. I, I think for me, like I have no carrier loyalty. Like I don't right. care. It's like, yeah, if you're too expensive, I'm out of here. You know, right. if your speed suck, I'm out of here. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, no, I don't care what incentives they give me. You know, and that and that's the free market economy and how that works. So yeah, that's yeah. exactly what so. it is. All right, well, that's pretty interesting stuff you got there, Simon. What else you got for us here? All right, so speaking of phones, I read something pretty interesting on the on a Reddit page. Ooh, you know, how interesting was it? Yeah, no, it's a <laughs> Reddit for visible user, which is a MVNO of Verizon. Ah, and they're talking about the Samsung Galaxy S twenty one. Oh, okay, okay. Ultra, and apparently, the U.S. model that Samsung is selling does not support eSIMs in the United States. And which which means what? For for someone who's not like a savvy with phones so eSIM is basically an electronic SIM. Rather than using a physical SIM card that you get from a carrier, tech. No, in the perfect world, <laughs> you can activate your phone on the phone itself without putting a okay. SIM card in. 
So basically you just add, it's like a little QR code that you would scan from your carrier or they give you the code to type in and it would just add your cellular service on the phone itself. Oh, okay. And this gives you the opportunity to use multiple carriers if you like. So for those that travel or for those that maybe, you know, have, you know, have like a cheaper wireless plan with this one carrier, but then maybe they go travel like to some rural areas. Like, oh, let me switch over to this other carrier because I know Verizon, like I have T-Mobile because it saves me money. Like, and then once in a while I'll turn on Verizon, maybe because that's what my company provided me. And I can just okay. turn on that. Or, or, or it reaches or it reaches out there, but T-Mobile doesn't or something yeah. like that. So, okay. All right. So it gives you this flexibility to have multiple cellular plans on your phone. All right. So you can turn off which one you like, you know, you can, some of them you can even run on dual mode, yeah. which I have. Now, the way I see this, given that this conversation is about Samsung Galaxy 21 Ultra does not support eSIMs in the United States model. And apparently, this is not the first time it happened because the previous model, the Samsung Galaxy S20, does have eSIM in it, but it's disabled if you're in the States. Whereas in hmm. other countries, it's not. Huh. And... I, well, I already know the solution to that. Go buy the phone from another country and just bring it here. You can't because they have different <laughs> they have different bands. Yeah. Bummer. And that's the problem. Hmm. So what I've been reading, there's threads that a lot of the you know, Samsung users are not happy about this because, you know, they keep saying that it will be enabled in future software updates, but it hasn't even been enabled. So basically, if you guys are thinking about using eSIM on your Samsung Galaxy, the new one at least, it's not going to be enabled. And it even says it right here in this PC Mag article, eSIM, you know, there are a bunch of different sub-models of the Galaxy S20. This is from Sasha Segan. And the US version has it disabled. Now, if you look at the other models in like other countries like Canada, you know, they have they have that enabled. And Okay. You know, like in Korea, they use a different processor. They don't use a Snapdragon. They have a Single SIM plus eSIM, so they have an actual SLIM slot as well with, and an eSLIM, which most U.S. models do have, not from other phones. China, on the other hand, they, they use a Snapdragon processor, but they have dual SIMs, so they have two slots for two physical SIMs. Hmm. So okay. if you look here in the States, it's for most phones like the Apple iPhone, Google Pixel, the OnePlus, they have a, a physical SLIM slot, and an eSIM. Interesting. Okay. So that's how it is with the Galaxy S21 Ultra. You know, it's a physical SIM and an eSIM. And an eSIM. But that part's disabled. So Samsung is not being upfront about this. Right. Okay. And on their website, if you look at their website, you know, it says that their, their phone supports eSIM. But they don't like, you know, put like a little, they probably didn't put like an asterisk saying that eSIM's not supported in the United States or something like that. Right. So I, I think it's kind of messed up. It is messed up. I mean, they, I mean, you know, being honest enough, given that is, it's like, it's like, is important a, here. And it's over like the phone itself, it's like at least a thousand bucks. God, geez, I still can't envision trying to pay that much money for a phone. 
Yeah. Sorry, I, it just—it still kind of boggles the mind that you, that people are like, "Yeah, I'll put party up a thousand dollars for that." God, dude, really? Ugh. I mean, it still boggles my mind because it, it's like, come on, why can't you enable it? What technical issue is causing you to not in- enable eSIMs? While other manufacturers, like Apple, Google, yeah, they're able to do it. And and Google's phone is nowhere near a thousand dollars. Right, right. And and you're telling me that oh, this is a one thousand dollar phone that has eSIM, but not here in the states. No, but you know, don't really give transparency about it. Yeah, that that's not right. I, that's not right. And we've and we've it, had enough lies come from from the from our presidential administration. We don't need more from private companies too. And I'll just yeah, I mean, that. like it's so. And they're not, off, you know, at least they're off from like, oh, you know, they got rid of the micro SD slot. Huh. Yeah. For the S21. Well, that's really dumb. Yeah. So they got wow. rid of that. Huh. And what else did they get rid of? Oh, yeah. I think this one, they are going to follow Apple's move of removing the chargers and headphones. Oh. So, you know, I, I think eventually a lot of the other phone manufacturers always... They're gonna do that because you know every time something Apple does, they follow along. <laughs> so Apple's are usually the, the the head of the innovators and whatnot. But up until yeah. you know Steve Jobs passed away, I would imagine it's been a lot harder to come up with new products. So that's this is hardly surprising. But yeah. obviously but, they keep coming uh, up with the new funny stuff. part is Samsung always like oh they always make fun of them for doing something like that and then they go do it themselves. Like why you make fun of them then? You know it doesn't make any sense <laughs> because there's money involved. Yeah, duh, there's money to be made to remove the charger. I didn't say that was a good idea. I just said there was obviously money to be made. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't work for them. My God, man. I don't know. But, you know, I'm saying, like, yeah, Samsung, like, just be upfront. Just say that your eSIM doesn't work here in the States. Yeah, no. I I would like to know why. You know, just because it's just... Yeah, this this something like this would certainly bite him in the butt. And it's like you know, well, if you're not going to disclose this kind of information, why would I continue to do business with you? I'm also go to another, go to another phone manufacturer or whatever, and just solve the problem yeah. that way. Just and, vote, you vote with your wallet, you know. Yeah, you vote with your wallet, and I, I'm gonna be frank, you know, to a lot of people out there that they might not care about it, but there are people that do care about it. Yeah, and I think the reason why people don't care about it as much because they never tried eSIM before. Let me tell you, when you try it out. Holy crap! It changes your whole perspective of, you know, buying sell your service. Oh, you know, you don't have to wait for the goddamn freaking physical SIM card to come in anymore. It's huh. just like instantly right there. Nice. And you don't have to pay for that stupid ten dollar charge that most carriers do. <laughs> All right. All right. So, I, I'm just saying, if you never tried it, you know, and you do have an eSIM compatible phone, give it a shot. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a couple of eSIM providers that are like Aerolo, right? Or right. Dent Wireless. So, and look, I'll show you everyone right now. This is what I have. Hmm. Interesting. I don't, I don't know if I can see, but I don't know if anyone can see. But <laughs> probably not. Well, not on a podcast. No, a webcast. A, yes, yeah. but not a podcast. Maybe on the webcast. <laughs> no, maybe on the webcast. Everyone can see it. Yeah. But yeah, so I have. I don't know. I might just take a screenshot. I have two. Nope, that won't work. Yeah. 
I'll probably just take a screenshot of what, what I have and then I'll just put take it a, on the screen. Take a nice high resolution picture of it. There you go. Yeah. So, but there, there's basically allows you to use two, two types of cellular service if you like. So I, I'm telling you, it, it really changes, you know, the, the cellular experience. Oh, sure. Because, you know, the cellular experience has never been great to begin with. Nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> and this is perfect when, you know, when travels, traveling is going to be the norm again, eventually. <laughs> some, some decade. Yeah. Some decade, be. you know, God. and like, hopefully I mean, this one, but we'll see. It's, I mean, uh, like yeah. stay tuned. If you watch our YouTube channel, I'm doing a little experiment. I'm a, you know, I'm always about trying to save money when it comes to cellular service. I'd imagine most people are. Yeah. So if you, if our listeners are interested, please visit our YouTube channel, Tech That Doesn't Bite, and wait for my my upcoming video. Okay? Because yep. I'm going to show you some little tricks that might help you save money. But it really depends if you're willing to be self-observant. In your cellular behavior. Right, right. No, that's the only way it'll work. No. And and for me, the thing that really kind of I don't know, I guess it's like a pet peeve for me. Like it's like I hear people, oh, I don't use a lot of data. Like how much do you use? Uh, maybe like you know, less 10 than 10 gigs, that's not that much. Yeah. Or maybe like uh, I don't know, I, I use Wi Fi most of the time, like less than a gig. And like how much you pay for your cell phone? Or like eighty bucks a month. I'm like, why? I'm like, wow. why would you do that? Wow. It's like, it's like, and it's probably like, oh, it's probably, oh, it's easier just manage to manage. It's like, no, it's not. It's like you're throwing money away. Yeah, no, I just, I, I cannot fathom that. I was like, it just, like, oh my gosh. I like, that's why I, I want to create a, a video about, you know, how to save money, and I've been trying yeah. to do that. So hopefully, everyone that's been watching those videos have been getting. Been able to save money. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, but granted, there's also just the a point of convenience of just not having to deal with customer service to getting your plan up and down, you know, however you want it to be done. Granted, you could always do it through through the uh, th- you know, through the website, your, your mm-hmm. provider's website, yeah. provided that you're allowed to actually, you know, switch different plans uh, on a dime. And that doesn't always work that way. I mean, a case of point to this, you know, we, we had upgraded our plan to an unlimited plan because our son's internet wasn't that great and because everybody was uh, was sheltering in place at the time the bandwidth at their apartment was basically just like at maximum so they had to basically start using their phones as hot spots just so they could actually watch their classes they could attend class yeah. uh, we tried to switch back to the previous plan we had i think after the school year was over and it was already gone so we basically whatever we have been grandfathered in and then they they got rid of that plan we're like oh great you know so now we're you know, screwed if you will with with a uh, uh, with an unlimited plan or you know some kind of big old plan that we probably wouldn't normally pay for if we could avoid doing so. So yeah, it's, yeah, but yeah. So yeah. you know whose fault is it, right? Oh, that'd be Verizon's, <laughs> yeah. or wherever they're living. <laughs> well, the, yeah, yeah well, well, <laughs> well, let's, yeah, well, there's that too. Yeah, but yeah, like so. I said, it's it, were there not a pandemic, the bandwidth would not necessarily be an issue, obviously. Yeah. So uh, things have changed very dramatically in in, in the realm of uh, bandwidth usage and so forth for uh, with the, with the, the coming of the pandemic. You know, in la- our last show we talked about you know increased sales of laptops and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Th- this pandemic is as 
forever change the face of how we are going to do business, go to school, meet people, and so forth in a major, yeah. major way. I mean, for it, sure, for sure. It's, it's going to be really different. And yeah. And uh, it's, I don't know, back to this. It's like, come on, Samsung, just be upfront. All right. Yeah. Stop no, being, absolutely. absolutely. Stop being sneaky about your stuff. All right. And that's, that's to every phone manufacturer out there. Stop being sneaky. All right. <laughs> just be upfront Sne about what you, you have sneaky, and what you Charlie, don't have. Sneaky. Yeah. No, mm -hmm. absolutely. I, I just be upfront. Yep. You know, I agree. What you have and what you don't have. Like this goes out to Apple too. Don't say that your phone starts at 699 <laughs> because it doesn't. It only starts at six eight six nine nine if you get it through, you know, from your carrier. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Don't do that. All right. Well, <laughs> don't be upfront about it. That's we're gonna charge saying. you a thousand dollars, and you're gonna like it. Oh, okay, sure. Here to go. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, but marketing is uh, not always the most um, honest, truthful, honest, uh, filled with integrity kind of kind of profession, but. Yeah, you know, it's basically to convince you that hey, there's a need. We have a need for you that you want, and there you go. Yeah. There you it, it just pisses me off. Like companies do these kind of things. It's like be good. Why would they do that? There's no profit in it. Yeah, and I guess there you go. Good, See, no <laughs> but isn't like you know if you, you know, be good, be honest, you know, people will trust you more. They buy more of your products. That's always true. No. That's always true. That's but always like, true. Come on, Samsung. Wake the hell up. Right you know, on. You know. Right on. This is like your second version of the phone that you disable eSIM on. <sighs> I mean, it's like, it's like. Stop you know, it. Just stop. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, still shame on you. you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> still, still shame on you. you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but that's all the stories you have. I'm all right, that's all, all good here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll leave out on such a happy note, right? Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in to the Tech That Does a Bike Cast. I'm Jeff Worden with my co-host Simon C. Please be sure to like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. We'd love yeah. to hear more from you, and we plan on having as many more as we possibly can. Absolutely. And please, if you have a chance to leave us a review, do that. Let Please. us know. Yeah, let us know, you know, if what you think of our podcast. Yeah. You know? And, you know, if, you know, try to hold back, but if you don't want to hold back, <laughs> go, go for it. <laughs> go. We're, we, our, our skins are thick enough we can handle it. Really? Yeah. We can totally take it. I swear to God. Yeah. God. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. We'll maybe. see. We'll, we'll see. Find, we'll find out who cries first, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us today. Have a great rest of your day. Bye, everyone. Thank you.